But my highest point would be uh, 2018, I went for the Youth Olympic Games and I came in fourth. First few rounds, I actually sprained my ankle. I couldn't play for that day, but then after that, I figured that since it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, yeah. it's a Youth Olympic Games and I only can participate if I'm a youth. So I just push on and um, just don't think about the pain. My motivation is that, uh, you know, when you train, when I train, it's it's also painful. It's yeah. also hard and it's also tough. So I just shift that focus, that feeling into this ankle sprint. Jesslyn represents Singapore in badminton internationally and is a gold medalist for women's single in the National Open in 2020 and represented Singapore in the Youth Olympic Games. Jesslyn was also a full-time analyst at Quest Ventures and I wanted to speak to her about how her career as a national sportsman helped her in an entirely different field of venture capital and the lessons she gained along the way. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Quest Conversations and today I'm here with investment analyst Jaslyn from Quest and she's also a national champion in badminton. Hi everyone. Okay, tell us more about yourself. Uh, so I started playing badminton when I was about 9 and I came from Malaysia and I came over with a foreign sports scholarship in Singapore Sports School and then uh. I moved on to the National Intermediate Squad in 2017, uh, 2013. And then after that, I moved on to be a national athlete in 2017. Yeah. Wow, so it's been quite, almost a decade of playing badminton for you. Yes, yes, it's almost been a decade. and Actually more than that. Wow. I started in 2009 and 2021 now. Oh wow, yeah, that's so like so young. Yes. So where did the fire and passion for badminton come from? So... Back when I was nine, my parents didn't want me to play video games, so they want me, wanted me to be more active. So they chose uh, either squash or badminton, but at that point, squash, uh, the classes were full, and then only badminton left, so I just played badminton, and I played with my dad, and I started liking the sport, and because there are so many changes, and you can always compete with someone, yeah, that's how I started to like badminton. And competition must be quite fun, right? To get all competitive and that spirit is something that I think will drive people through whether it's in sports and other arenas. But well that's quite a that's that's quite a, a nice childhood to have and I think sometimes uh, whatever you experience in childhood kinda of brings you up uh, to whoever you become in the future also, right? Yep, yep. Like uh, competitions are a way to prove that uh, your hard work is to justify your hard work. Yeah, yeah. and all the hours and sweat and tears all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how was the journey like to national championship? It's uh it's a very long journey, long and tough journey. There's a lot of up and downs. And uh back when I was twenty set to uh 2013, when I was 13, 14, right? I didn't thought that I can be uh I can be where I am today. Mm. Uh but it's more of at that point moving towards my small steps, like one go at a time, one go at a time, and eventually reach to the national champion stage. So what was like the lowest point and the highest point of your sports career so far? Uh, lowest point would be a lot of injuries. Like one after the other and when I just came back from an inju injury and then I again another injury, that kind of thing, then it's it's quite frustrating. Because when you thought that you can be you can be back from the injury but still you get another one. Yeah, and yeah. then you'll be you you you'll be out of the court for a while, right? Yes, yes. That must be a painful process, like literally and figuratively also. Right, right. The, but my highest point would be uh, 2018, I went for the Youth Olympic Games and I came in fourth. Uh, I couldn't medal uh, because during the uh, first few rounds, I actually sprained my ankle. 
Oh yeah. my god, okay. So I sprained my my ankle and then I couldn't uh I couldn't play for that day. But then after that, I figured that since it's a once in a lifetime thing, yeah. it's a youth Olympic Games and I only can participate if I'm a youth yeah. athlete. So I just push on and um just don't think about the pain. So you continue playing even with a sprained ankle? Yeah, so I just That's crazy. <laughs> How did you like what is going on in your mind to, you know, persevere through such pain? Like, it's it's literal pain. Yeah, uh, so my motivation is that, uh, you know, when you train, when I train, it's it's also painful. It's yeah. also hard and it's also tough. So I just shift that focus, that feeling into this ankle sprint. So I just literally going through the same same thing. Like the mental uh, obstacles. Like great, right? Yeah, yeah. So I just keep pushing and... When I'm focusing on winning the point, I kind of like forget about the pain until after that, then I'm like, oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you managed to clinch fourth place even with a sprained ankle. That's insane. Eh? Yeah. Oh, that is that is crazy. And I really, really respect that. I think that's so many sportsmen who can look up to such spirit that, that you have. So were there like any, um, say, inflection points or defining moments in your sports career? Like any decisions uh, that changed a lot of things for you? Um, I think uh, from moving from a national intermediate squad to a national team, that's quite a defining moment because it proved that actually the Singapore Badminton Association actually do think that you. yeah, I recognize my talent and uh, they think that I'm a worthy investment mm. and they're actually uh, willing to put the time and effort into building me to be who I am today. And that's one of the moments that I'll always remember. And also uh, a lot of competitions where I think that I went I won't be able to make it. Like SEA Games 2019, the two years ago, uh, I was playing against this uh, Indonesian women's player uh, for a team event. And she was ranked 29 in the world. What? 29 in the world? Yeah, like top 30 that or top 50. super impressive. Yeah, so I was ranked at that point 99. And when I was playing against her, I was uh, I was a bit uh, looking up to her and treated her like a respectable opponent rather yes. than a compa- comparable opponent. But uh, I managed to win her. What? In three sets. Yeah, so... That's <laughs> Like, imagine your ranking for 99 probably like jumped insanely high after that match. Yeah, so that was quite a like, oh, I can be at the world stage level too like her. So that's, that was one of the defining moments that I carried through the circuit breaker. Like 2020, we have a lockdown, right? So that's what kept my motivation high. Well. That's crazy because I hear uh, and I, I, I watch several sportsman interviews, right? Whether from your swimmers to your athletes, uh, your, 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 uh, your, your marathon runners and all. Most of them, the very, very defining moments, right? And the, the proudest moment, right? Is when you are equally good or even better than the idols that you used to look up to. Right, right. And I think that is something that you achieve and I think it will propel you further to do a global stage down the road, right? Yeah, uh- I agree. Great. And okay, so now we're, we're talking about a uh, second career because on top of badminton, right, you are you are also do, uh, doing uh, investment in a... Uh, okay, wait. I'm going to Now on to our next topic, which is uh, Jasmine's second career. So on top of being a national badminton player, she's also an investment analyst at uh, Quest Ventures. So I want to ask her a couple of questions on why she decided uh, to go into a completely different field of venture capital while uh, being in sports. So what triggered you to want to explore a completely new field? Right, so uh, other than being a badminton athlete, I'm also studying at Nian Poly. Uh, I graduated uh, in a diploma for 
business studies and entrepreneurship management. Mm. And so I always wanted to start on my own business and see how the startup world is like. Mm. And but at the moment, I I didn't know what I want to start on. I don't know what business I should I I could venture into. So I decided to join Quest to see what are the options that I have and also have a. Um, overview of the entire market and different mm-hmm. markets, and see what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate the experience so far. I have learned a lot, and I have also um, learned from a perspective as an investor and mm-hmm. as as an entrepreneur as well. I think being uh, say say working in a startup would give you a very deep dive into a particular field or vertical. Yes. But being in a VC means you get exposure to all sorts of different markets from Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, Vietnam, uh, and also all the different kind of startups from, from different industries from commerce to IoT, uh, food tech and all. So I think that gives you a broader look and maybe that will help uh, someone like you who is still trying to explore different options, right? To figure out, okay, what are some verticals and industries that you're interested in? And I think the value of um, have, gaining the perspective of an investor is also really valuable because on a startup end it's all about fundraising getting customers but investor lens right you see how to value a certain company and to mm. see like the growth potential and exit potential yes also yes. so I think next time when you go down the road of doing your own startup I think that perspective will be valuable plus even the network that you have made over the past uh, almost one year uh, at Quest Ventures will really help you uh, in your future fundraising journey also right yep I agree with Awesome. So some of the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and highly successful leaders are or were sportsmen themselves. So for example, your General Electric CEO Jeffrey Immelt uh, playing football for Dartmouth. Uh, your Hewlett Packard CEO Mac Whitman was a four sport athlete in high school. Uh, Whole Foods CEO Walter Robb was a soccer star at Stanford. Even Bank of America CEO Brian uh, Manihan started with football and ended up with rugby. Uh, and many, many more, and the list goes on and on. So do you think there's some sort of correlation or trend between sports, right, or success in sports and success in a corporate career? Uh, I think there are a lot of values that you can bring from a sports career to into a corporate career. Uh, for example, we are always very goal-oriented. Mm-hmm. We know what we want and we uh, think we always think that we can achieve it even if it's impossible to everyone so but it's a very positive mindset yes and we are very focused on that goal committed to the goal and we also learn how to work as a team like uh, there are also a lot of uh, people that are play, team players and individual players but for badminton itself although it's an individual sport but we still have to train with someone train with my teammate so we learn how to work together and to bring the best out of each other right so uh, in a corporate setting you can bring that into 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 your company as well because you learn how to uh, how to bring uh, someone motivate someone mm-hmm. and also uh, maximize their performance mm-hmm. their strengths and also cover their weaknesses mm-hmm. and together like the company could grow and uh, be successful together. I'm actually quite surprised when you say that because I thought you know uh, badminton if you're playing singles it's quite individualistic it's all like uh, all for yourself. But I'm surprised that you brought in the team element even for mm. a sport like badminton. Yeah, because a lot of times, uh, you know, humans, right, we have a lot of blind spots that we can't catch, right? Mm. We, sometimes we are so focused on something that we missed out a lot of things. And when you when you are a team player and you are always focused, because we do have team sports also, team yeah. events, yeah. like women's team, DC Games, uh, Commonwealth. Mm. Yeah, so 
we uh, kind of want each other to be better also yeah. for ourselves and for the team. Yeah. So we always help each other to look out for their uh, what they can improve on and what are the strengths that they should hold on to. Mm. Mm. And I think that this is so transferable in a corporate world where mm. if you spot mistakes for a team, uh, I mean, of course, the, it, it, people have different treatments in the corporate world, right? Some people are all for themselves, very individualistic, looking for promotions. Uh, and it's just living for yourself. Mm, mm. But then the highly successful people, of course, support and empower their teammates and colleagues, uh, whether it's people above them or below them in the hierarchical structure. Uh, and of course, if you spot someone who you think uh, has some sort of shortfall, right? The best way to learn is, of course, to help people yourself mm, and to, to give them some feedback. And I think that will... That, that will help you learn as well and also people will be more willing to give you feedback knowing that you're really open uh, to critics uh, and you're willing to, to pay forward to people as well. Yeah. Mm. And um, so what are some of the transferable skills, right, uh, that you feel you're able to take into your second career from, from whatever you learn in sports or even in young poly? Right. Uh, so uh, integrity, like to always be true to ourselves regardless of uh, whether anyone's looking mm. and like exams or even uh, going for a competition to make sure you don't dope you, you just win the way that everyone should yeah, yeah pure skills right right and always respect your opponents yeah yeah and regardless of whether we are an investor or entrepreneurs we should always respect each other because there are so much to learn from each other yeah and as well as an athlete because there are always strengths uh, weaknesses that you have that might be strengths of your opponent and you know through playing together or talking to each other you know how to overcome your weaknesses and also strengthen your your opponent as well and one other thing that I think can transfer uh, the biggest thing is uh, leadership skills mm-hmm. and to be able to to voice out when something is wrong how so did you learn leadership skills in sports Mm, I think I work better as a team like even though I play an individual sport but yeah. I love to work as a team because I I like when someone everyone is aligned towards the same goal very social creature <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so back in actually back in secondary school back in sports school I was a student captain for three years oh wow yeah okay. and um, after so that, your teammates would be counting on you for direction then also to discipline them in certain structure and how to prepare for competition yeah I believe that it's more of the coach trusting mm-hmm. like my coach always tell me to uh, influence the good traits like uh, to always bring them like because there are days that uh, we don't feel like training there are days that we are so tired from exam and everything we don't we don't want you to do anything lack motivation yeah right? so even though as a leader um, I'm also feeling the same thing as my team yeah. but I believe bring the morale of the entire team can propel us to train harder and yeah. much better in, the tra- in training so yeah, always push to like, you know, hey, let's go, let's go, coins, okay, it's gonna end soon, you know, that kind of thing. And um, after that, I moved on from uh, Singapore Sports School. Yep. I entered a national team and back in 2019, SEA Games, I was actually the vice captain of the team too. Uh, I was actually the youngest youngest leader because uh, my That's team... That's insane! Yeah, I'm the second youngest in the team. Wait, who, how old are your teammates? Uh, my teammates are about four to seven years older than me. Oh, more oh, than wow. that. Wow. Yeah. And you're vice captain of the team. Yeah. So it's actually uh, quite defining, like the the way that the coach and the teammates trust me. Mm. Yeah. That's crazy. And I believe, right, the best way to lead sometimes is to role model also. So back when you're feeling stressed from school and you are the one going through the inertia of training and motivating yourself first, and then people will follow your lead. And right. I, I think that is 
really one of the hardest things uh, of, of being a leader, which is then no matter what obstacles you face to get at everybody else, you have to have the strongest spirit to, to get through them first. Yeah. So that is really, really tough. Um, so what are some of the highlights and key takeaways from your like uh, past almost one year in Quest Ventures? Uh, I think working together with the three partners that I work uh, mostly with, like Jeffrey, James, and Yiping. Yeah. yeah, they taught me a lot about the industry, like the industry that they are in. Like Yiping, she started her own uh, startup in Indonesia and acquired by Lipo Group. And James, he was working in China. And Jeffrey was uh, advertising king, right? Yes. So he's been all over the world. But <laughs> James and Yiping, they have been very focused in their country and in the industry. And you really can learn a lot from them like how they operate and how they think. Yeah, their business mindset and uh, as a person, it really uh, changes them. Mm. And you can see that, uh, I mean, they have inspired me in a lot of ways that I, that I think that in the future, all of us can achieve. And some sort of values and belief systems that they have is yep. it's things that, that, that we notice along the way as we work. Yeah, with. and how they are willing to uh, educate and guide us. Like, um, so I'm just a fresh grad and I'm trying to get my way around the corporate career and they are willing to guide and also nurture people like me uh, to be the next generation of either investors or entrepreneurs and, or even in a corporate. Yeah. I see. And what are some of the key projects that you worked on throughout these few months? Yeah, so I work on uh, multiple investment deals and also uh, facilitated uh, market access programs mm. like the Scale Up Malaysia and Vietnam Global Innovation. Okay, would you like to tell us more about these two programs? Right, so uh, Scale Up Malaysia, uh, we selected uh, about 11 startups to invest in and they are mostly in the digital economy and we believe that they have the potential and the Mm, the, the potential to go to the next stage to grow regionally across the region and also in Malaysia mm. and for Vietnam Global, Global Innovation uh, it's more of a program for the startups Singaporean startups to touch base with the Vietnamese uh, stakeholders okay. like the corporate like the legal team and a lot of to really deep dive into ecosystem in Vietnam and to help them expand across, uh, expand into Vietnam easily. I think these two programs are really uh, interesting because if we're just working on Singapore deals, we're quite restricted and limited mm. by the landscape here, which is quite safe. You know, it's 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 not uh, there are not as many nuances as in Vietnam where. Uh, there, are, there are different cultural differences that you have to take note mm. of different stakeholders that you have to get to know to do business there and in Malaysia also the consumer behaviour is different so doing business there is entirely different and your say your consumer behaviour in, in your, your JB to your Penang to your KL will be entirely different yep. uh, whereas in Singapore I guess it's it's quite consistent so I think it's really great to have exposure in, in the two accelerators that you ran uh, plus all the investment use that you worked on also so tell us more about what is a day in a life for you, especially when you're juggling both like competitive sports, okay, not just any sports, competitive sports and uh, venture capital. Uh, so I start my day about six. What? Yeah. So uh, I'll be having my breakfast and it's typically uh, oatmeal with eggs and uh, and a coffee. That's so healthy. <laughs> yeah. And on the days that I'm slightly earlier that I'll read on my emails and the news and to make sure to catch up for the day. And then I'll head to training at Kalam. Uh, at a, my training starts at about 8. That's really early. Yeah. So we will do about two 
uh, one hour drills and it will end about 11, 11, 11 30. What sort of drills? Is it like physical training kind of? Uh, it's more of court training. So I you'll see. be sparring and you know, working on different different scenarios like attack defense mm-hmm. or long rallies and things like that. And after eleven thirty, I'll take a I'll take a shower, uh, and I'll come over to Quest. And <laughs> All the way from Kalang to One North, which yeah. is where we're located, and you see launch pad. <laughs> Not near at all. <laughs> so I'll get here and I'll have lunch with my colleagues. Yeah, and <laughs> and we will uh, have a, have lunch at Timber, and then after that, I'll move on to either have meetings or work on um, investment memos or work on anything that is uh, related to SMRO as an investment analyst and then after that at about 6 to 7 I will head to my evening training evening training? yeah so, so exhausting it'll be a short one it'll just be uh, fitness drills like running gym uh, agility training and things like that yeah I feel tired just by listening to you really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I'll end my day about 9 and I'll have dinner and then shower and then I'll go to bed well, this sounds like a really long day because at 6pm, 7pm, we're all so tired from our day of work already that we'll probably just go for dinner and hang out with our friends yeah. or head home to rest, right? And she's still going out for trails. It's yeah. insane. I guess that value can translate uh, as an entrepreneur because yeah. there are days that you are so rushed and still you have to work on yourself. And long hours. Yeah, right? yeah. so that's really one, one thing that can be, can be applied next in the future. Do you have any idea what kind of startup that you want to do next time? Mm, maybe more consumer-based. Mm. Mm, but uh, I'm not sure what I want to do yet. <laughs> Still figuring it out. Okay, same as Mia. I feel like I, I want to start something new on top of whatever I've done before. Probably consumer facing as well, but I'm I'm still uncertain on what kind of service or product also. Mm. But I think along the way, as you get more exposure, whether it's in uh, badminton or in your second career, like a venture capital investment analyst, I think uh, all these ideas will start shaping and forming up with more experience also and interaction with founders and investors. Alright. Awesome. Do you have any tips out there for aspiring athletes or aspiring athletes who want to consider a second career for some advice? Um, just be open-minded and um, always accept uh, who you are. So be open-minded in, in a way that uh, whatever comes at you, you just uh, take it positively and work the best that you can. Mm-hmm. And like if you're moving on to a second career as, a, as an athlete, then just accept that uh, you're starting new. You're doing something that you have not... Uh, you're doing something new and... And you have zero experience. It's like starting the sport all over again. Yes. Right? You are doing something that you have not done like decades ago. So just be open-minded. You might not get there fast and hard like you used to in your sports. But take your time. One one step at a time and you'll reach there eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one, that's one tip that I have. That's nice. And some sort of like humility and like hunger to learn in a completely yep, new yep. field I think would lead to great success. Yeah. Ask... Uh, Uncomfortable questions constantly. <laughs> wait, wait, can you repeat that again? <laughs> so, uh, be comfortable in asking uncomfortable questions. That's the hardest way you can learn. Oh, wow. And you can learn the most. <laughs> Do you have any examples like what is because of uncomfortable questions? Um, it not necessarily make people uncomfortable but uh, something that you always wanted to ask but you don't have the courage to ask. I see. Yeah, so just do it. You will... You and that's where you discover the greatest learnings. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, where can people connect with you to uh, learn more about you? 
you can always connect me on LinkedIn, awesome. Jessin Hui. Or if you ever see me on Kalang or anywhere, if I'm in a badminton gear or office wear, <laughs> you can always say hi to me and uh, we'll talk more. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on this interview. And I think we all learned so much, whether we're in sports or we are, we have not no idea about sports, right? We're just corporate people. I think there's so many lessons to learn from someone like you who are dabbling in both competitive sports. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank Jasmine. you. I'm Vanessa and thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by Quest Ventures, top venture capital fund in Asia, in collaboration with Pixel, the innovation hub of Infocom Media Development Authority. Follow us for more exciting episodes to come and stay in touch with us or find out more about Quest Ventures investment syndicates at questventures.com. Till next time. <laughs>